Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's voice of reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. As was scooped by Yasmin Abutalib from the Washington Post. Of course, she's the White House reporter there, friend of the show, and always gives us such great insight. Uh, next month, the White House will host the president of South Korea, Yoon Suk Yul, uh, be making uh, just the second of the official state visits uh, during President Biden's tenure. And uh, Yasmin joins us on the line to give us some perspective in terms of how this came about and what is expected to be on the agenda. Yasmin, as always, thanks for joining us. Thank you, as always, for having me. Uh, so, uh, give us kind of the backstory. You were the you were the scoop on this one for us today in terms of this visit. This comes obviously at a very crucial time uh, for the United States, for South Korea, obviously with North Korea and China and Japan, all of those things going on. Uh, give us some perspective. Yeah, so this is going to be only the second state visit of Biden's presidency, which makes this you know a, a very very big deal for the South Koreans. Um, they, the White House picked South Korea over a host of other allies that could have hosted for such a dinner. Uh, the only other president who has gotten this sort of pomp and circumstance, and for people who don't really know what goes into a state visit, President Biden meets with foreign leaders all the time. You know, German Chancellor uh, Olaf Scholz was here last week. Um, uh, you know, uh, a number of other leaders have come through the Brazilian president. Uh, Lula. So so he meets with foreign leaders all the time. The difference is with a state visit, there is a lot more pomp and circumstance. And of course, there's the state dinner, uh, which is very sort of entertaining for everyone. You've got all these gowns and, and, and the works and, and the White House laying out its fanciest China. Um, and so it's, you know, it's really a sort of um, an event that's become much more rare with the pandemic, and in general, that we don't see a ton. And so the only other president who's gotten this sort of um, event is Emmanuel Macron, the president of France. Um, and that was, you know, at the time the White House said that was because France is America's oldest ally. It made sense to give him the first one. Macron is one of the longest serving leaders in Europe. And of course, uh, the relationship between France and the United States is always important, but has been very important uh, when it comes to the war in Ukraine. So for, for President Biden to decide to give South Korea only the second such visit of his presidency, I think is a really important signal of how importantly he views uh, the need to push back against North Korea, which has launched an unprecedented number of missile tests while Biden has been president, um, of course, has nuclear ambitions, and it's just been very bellicose, and encountering China, which has been aggressive, and in which the Biden administration has taken some pretty aggressive policies towards. Um, and the U.S.-China relationship is sort of at an all-time low, the lowest it's been in decades so the fact that, you know, this is this will be only the second state visit, the first with an Asian leader. Um, the South Korean president is not an experienced leader. He has only been in office. He was elected only a year ago. He doesn't really have foreign policy experience. He's a bit of a political novice. Um, so I think this is just a, a, a very clear signal of how much Biden and his administration view the importance of building alliances in the Indo-Pacific and countering North Korea and China. Yeah, and you talk about uh, the leader, uh, Yoon, in South Korea, that he is a bit of a novice on on the world stage. Uh, so getting this is a big deal. Uh, I know he has faced a lot, and you pointed this out in your piece, Yasmin, that uh, he faces a lot of debate or maybe some skepticism back at home of how committed the United States is to the alliance and what it means, obviously, as things continue to escalate in that region. He does, and he has, he has some controversial policies himself when it comes to 
uh, managing North Korea. He's had some very low approval ratings in the first year. They sort of stabilize now where they're hovering around um, 40 percent, which is kind of similar to President Biden. You know, his his approval ratings are in the low 40s. Um, And then, of course, another big element of this is that the U.S. has worked pretty hard to try to improve the relationship between South Korea and Japan, which, you know, historically has had an extremely contentious um, relationship filled with a lot of animosity from when Japan had colonized South Korea. Um, And Yoon has taken some kind of controversial steps to try to um, have a better relationship with Japan, sort of viewing the importance that these two countries be aligned when it comes to countering North Korea and China and the region. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, and let's dig into that uh, China and North Korea and how that plays out and and why this connection between South Korea, Japan, and the United States uh, becomes increasingly crucial in that region. Well, the, with the Biden White House, has, and you've seen, you know, uh, the president, of course, has President Biden has met with uh, the leader of Japan. He's met with the leader of South Korea on the sidelines of many of these summits. And he's also held trilateral meetings with them. So, um, you know, one more high profile example is when he was in Asia uh, back in November, he held a, a fairly high profile trilateral meeting with South Korea and Japan. And the U.S. has worked. To, they've put out some joint statements. Um, they, the president has responded very quickly to when South Korea and Japan have come up with new economic frameworks or agreements, sort of, you know, trying to send a signal of how closely he's following this and how important it is for him that these two countries have better relations. And, you know, these are two of the most powerful leaders, uh, two of the most powerful countries in Asia, um, aside from China. And I think, you know, in the White House's view, a better relationship between those two countries and a stronger, stronger trilateral relationship between the U.S., um, South Korea, and Japan can only be helpful and can only strengthen the U.S.'s position when it comes to dealing with a rising China and and a, a North Korea that is, you know, launching long-range missiles and um, a ton of missiles into the sea and just being very provocative. Yeah, and uh, I want to ask you, Yasmin, before I let you go, because I always love your forward-looking vision and what you're watching for as these things start to evolve. So as as you look forward to this state visit, again, all the pomp and circumstance that will go along with that, the message that will send and be covered by other outlets around the world, what are you watching for? In particular, do you expect to see any saber rattling or any ratcheting up from North Korea or China? How do you expect uh, things over the next few weeks before this state visit actually happens? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, already you've seen um, right before this was announced that uh, China's leader, Xi Jinping, um, had blamed the U.S., I think just yesterday, uh, for trying to curtail China's ambitions and, you know, basically uh, criticizing the U.S. for trying to contain China's rise. Um, so I would be interested to see if she responds in any way ahead of the state visit. And then, of course, the big thing is going to be, does North Korea do something especially provocative before Yoon comes to the United States to try to send a signal or to try to cast a pall over the whole visit? Uh, so important. And we'll continue to watch that. And Yasmin Abutala, of course, is the White House reporter for The Washington Post. And Yasmin, always appreciate you carving out time for us and some great perspective. We'll continue to watch this one as it moves forward. 
Thanks so much for having me. All right. A great perspective, as always, from Yasmin. I love the way she looks at a lot of these international uh, perspectives and how things play out. It was really interesting. In, in her piece, uh, she noted uh, Jake Sullivan's comment uh, as uh, Biden's national security advisor. Uh, he said that the United States' commitment to the Republic of Korea is ironclad. And that sort of speaks to what Yasmin was talking about in terms of some of the uh, Korean people wondering how committed the U.S. is to support them, to stand with them uh, in the face of a, a very provocative uh, China and North Korea. And so I think this is an important state visit. It sends all kinds of messages, uh, some very overt, some very covert, uh, that we have to keep watching and looking for the subtleties, especially as it relates to what's going on amazingly in Ukraine, as well as what's going on in Taiwan and in other places around the world. And I think it's so important that, again, this is a leadership issue. And the messages you send as a leader, especially in these kinds of events, these kinds of gatherings where you have uh, an official state visit from the president of South Korea, uh, the messages that will go out to all the audiences, the United States citizens, our allies in the region, in particular Japan and South Korea, those people, as well as to our enemies and those that we are struggling with in China, in North Korea and in Russia. All of those are interconnected and it takes a leadership strategy, a messaging strategy equal to the policy strategy. And that's going to be very interesting to watch uh, as this uh, state uh, visit from South Korea uh, comes over the next few weeks as we prepare for that. And again, it will have impact not just here at home, uh, but will literally reverberate around the world. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. Coming up, a project to combat chronic homelessness here in Salt Lake City has achieved a major milestone. We're going to reveal more about that coming up because it is the essence of leadership, and that's what we're talking about today. We'll be right back. <laughs> 